Welcome to Coven, an actual play podcast. My name is Noah Lloyd. I'll be the host and GM for this series. Coven is a horror actual play podcast that takes place in the Houston area of Texas. We play different tabletop role-playing game systems to tell an ongoing story. The first game we're playing is a world-building game called Kingdom by Ben Robbins. It takes us through about the first four episodes as we figure out exactly what the world is that we're playing in. Turns out we're playing in Texas, which is where I'm from. The episodes of Kingdom take place in the 1960s. And then when we get to episode five, we switch systems to a classic horror indie RPG called Sorcerer. And we do a time jump into the 80s. So while Sorcerer is our main system, at least at the time of our recording, I still encourage you to listen to these first four episodes that will drop over the next couple of months as they tell you a lot about the world that we're playing in and about the themes that we as players are interested in. Further, I wanted to record a quick note about the state of the world. When we started recording these months ago, literally months before um, we dropped this, the world was a different place. There was not uh, a pandemic happening. We were not all quarantined at home trying to figure out what we're doing and the police had yet to murder George Floyd. Which is not to say that uh, the world was any different for people of color a few months ago. There are just more people who are opening their eyes to it now. Finally. Somehow. Taken this long. And so I want to put a content warning at the top of this episode. We don't see any overt acts of police violence in this show, but in the first four episodes we establish a, uh, a villain who's a police sheriff, we have African-American characters uh, who are living in Texas in the 60s. And I, you should be aware of that going into this. You're going to hear our player introductions in just a second. For now, let me just say that our theme song was done by the amazing Ben Cronin, who is part of Gilligan Moss. You can find their music on Spotify. We have a website at covenpodcast.com, and we are on Twitter at coven underscore podcast. If you could retweet us, tell a friend about us if you like what you hear, Word of mouth is going to be the best way for us to grow, and I hope you'll help us along the way. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the first episode. We are going to be playing a game by Ben Robbins today called Kingdom. My name's Noah Lloyd. Um, I'm eventually going to be the, the GM for later systems, uh, but this is a GMless game, so I don't have to worry about that today. My pronouns are both he, him, and they, them. You can find me on Twitter at Noah Gola. Kiefer, you want to go next? Hey there. I'm Kiefer. Uh, he, him pronouns. I... You can find me on the internet if you try really hard, probably, but there's not that much there. <laughs> Sharon? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm Sharon, uh, she, her pronouns, and yeah, likewise, some digging might find me, but... I, lo I love that y'all are just setting yourselves up as like mm. a mystery. <laughs> God. 
Um, my name is Gary Slack, he, him pronouns. I'm all analog, so no plugs here. <laughs> We're the best of us. Definitely the best of us. Uh, all right. So before we do anything else, let's figure out the order of play. Kingdom is, even as tabletop RPGs go, is a fairly analog game. Um, it wants you to have like note cards and and cut out pieces of paper, which we don't have because we are playing digitally. So in order to figure out the order of play, let's kind of create an artificial circle, like a table we would be sitting around. So let's just go down the line. Sharon, roll me a d4 in uh, roll 20. It's yeah. just a reminder, slash r space 1d4. Yep. <laughs> a one. One. Sharon's at the top. Uh, Kiefer? Wow, perfect. A number two. <laughs> and then Gary? Roll 1d4. Uh, wow, look what at that. Hell? Holy shit. One, two, three. Ooh, the czar. <laughs> the, dice, the dice gods are looking at us. I don't know if that's favorable or not. Um, Just don't roll at this point. It would ruin it. <laughs> no, I'm I'm definitely not, not going to roll. Okay, so here's the table. I have table. The four corners that we're sitting in. Um, Can you switch me and Gary? Oh, yes. Or, yeah. yeah, me, Gary, and you, or me, and then actually you should switch you. There we go. Yeah, you just want it all shifted around. Mm -hmm. Sharon was in the right place. <laughs> um, okay, so, and now let's figure out who's going to actually be the first player. Um, so let's everybody roll, like a, let's pick something bigger, like a 1d20. Mm -hmm. And whoever goes highest will, will just be the first arbitrary player. Oh, Sharon. I don't want to be first. <laughs> It's okay. Sure? No, um, yeah, actually, can I switch? Yeah, sure. Thanks. I'll go first if that's helpful. I'm the second highest number. Yeah, I'll go second. Whatever. That's chill. I just, yeah. Yeah, and I actually meant to do this before we got going, but I can do it now. Just draw some freehand arrows. So this is the, if we were sitting at a table, we would be going around the table leftwards. So Counterclockwise? And then I just need to erase a little bit. You would think there would be a handy little eraser. No, there's nothing handy in real <laughs> <laughs> You can just like scribble it out, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I'm trying to be professional here. <laughs> there, <laughs> scribbled out. Oh, Lord. Perfect. Oh, all right. Um, we don't actually have to worry about the order of play for a few minutes, though, because first we have to make our kingdom. So we are uh, just going to be working through the the PDF of kingdom for a little bit. We're starting on page 10. Step one, what is your kingdom? So I've just jumped over into our little Google Doc. So this is a horror podcast, and we've talked a little bit about the premise for the show. Um, we're going to be playing Sorcerer probably a few episodes from now. Once we've we've played a couple of sessions of Kingdom, we'll see how many that takes. And the premise for the show, so what we know thus far, is that we're going to um, all be associated in some way with a jazz club, which I think is going to be hopefully kind of a cool and fun way to get to keep all the characters involved and working together. So step one in kingdom what is your kingdom it's not necessarily the jazz club right we know that the jazz club is going to be one of the foci of the show a little later on 
but it could also be the community that the jazz club is in, right? So, yeah. So these are a few a few choices for us to make right off the bat. And uh, Ben Robbins in the PDF says, pick a kingdom that you want to see make decisions and confront difficult choices. Your kingdom is what ties the game together. Make sure you pick something everyone is interested in. Uh, and, you know, really advocate for your interests if you haven't if you haven't read the pdf this game is is really kind of adamant about not being confrontational but about being really open with the other players about what you want your whether your character to do or things you're thinking about as directions for the kingdom uh your kingdom should include at least 20 or 30 people so that it is larger than just the characters you play but there's no upper limit a kingdom could have millions of people millions is probably too large of a kingdom for our purposes but yeah so what what are y'all thinking and the i should also say that the scope can change slightly right like we could start with the jazz club and then realize oh actually this game of kingdom is more about the community around the jazz club and we could zoom out a little bit or vice versa so what are has anyone been thinking about anything in particular should we look at the city overall as the kingdom i was thinking like my thought was that we would go smaller than city and Mm. bigger than jazz club the neighborhood itself that's being threatened by speculators or something yeah like um and i guess also the question is what when we're starting like are we starting in we've talked about this being in the 1980s but right. so do we want to start the kingdom in the 1980s or do we want to start the kingdom in like the 1930s or the 1960s or like where do we want to be in that that's an important question because periodically through the choices that we make uh, if you see on roll 20 there is a time passes card so periodically we will have effectively downtime where we portray what our characters are doing in a period of months or even years that pass or generations can pass right between these more focused uh, moments of crossroads that we'll be looking at so yeah Kiefer's Kiefer's question is is really important because the kind of the closer to the 80s that we'll be playing later parts of the show in the shorter those time passes scenes or segments are going to have to be okay so I, I have been thinking about this a little bit, and I do feel yeah. like neighborhood over city, just because city seems really big. Um, but actually, it could also be cool to start zoomed out to city and then like focus in as we move forward in time. Yeah, I'm fine with either. Now I'm now I'm thinking you're right about the the neighborhood idea. I'm I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I like the neighborhood idea because it would give us a number of locations as well, not just the jazz club. And we can break the jazz club into multiple locations as well. What do, uh, Gary, what do you think about the, the neighborhood idea? Yeah, the neighborhood's um, spot on. Uh, when you told me about this idea, um, I imagined it being somewhere in the Midwest and uh, just kind of like a row of, you know, like, I guess, Midwestern, uh, strip malls that serves as like the hub of this neighborhood, like a you know old South Town or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. I'm I'm just kind of like writing down language that is is uh, coming up with y'all uh, that we can riff on. So what about 
Kiefer's thought about starting with a city and zooming into the neighborhood. My my kind of gut reaction is like if we're all interested in figuring out this neighborhood, we should start with the neighborhood. But that's just my thought. Kiefer, what uh, what attracts you to starting with a broader city and zooming in? Um, honestly, just that I, depending on how far back we were starting, I feel like I would feel more comfortable speaking about a city than an individual community because I don't really know what the 1920s, 30s, 40s were like. Yeah, it can also always be like um, alternate universe and not like exactly. Right, because there are demons. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's something else that we should say at the top, right? Mm-hmm. This is not only a horror podcast, but this is a world in which creatures which the rpg sorcerer calls demons we can figure out what that means for us Um, but there are quote-unquote demonic entities in this world too so the 20s and 30s can look a little different right and if we need to google exactly when the depression started or exactly when prohibition and repeal was we can do all that too if we need with the time jumps how large are they generally gonna be it's up to us but the the rules say that it should be months or years so it's it's pretty long it's like not a few days but it's a significant period of time it's a change of seasons or whole years or more oh that is a while um (laughs) but i i only introduced the idea of city as a way of saying like we could also not do neighborhood so neighborhood sounds great to me to be cool yeah okay yeah great so we know we are starting with a neighborhood do we want to give this a uh, geographic location or figure that out a little later? I'm actually really kind of attracted to the to the Midwestern idea. I don't know. For some reason, I was thinking Iowa or like the Dakotas or like, you know, Illinois outside Chicago. I have only ever been to Chicago, so I know nothing about the Midwest. Um, I mean, I can fake it. It's fine. I can figure it out. I have up until... Uh this point been thinking new york and then once i realized that all three of you are from the south i'm also attracted to doing it more southern i mean well as soon as you said and this is probably partially spurred on by the fact that i fell down like an old facebook photos rabbit hole last night and was like oh shit that was high school wasn't it (laughs) um like gary when you said midwestern strip malls and texas isn't really the midwest but i definitely have like a lot of experience with strip malls <laughs> and yeah i don't know like like put just putting it in the south well i mean if we put it in the south like something else we will have to decide how much we want to deal with is you know this is a jazz club which were and probably still are of course run and played in by um, people of color, right? And how much we're going to want to deal with the the racist policies of the South, depending on the period we're in. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I'm almost, yeah, yeah, no doubt. So do we definitely, I was just going to ask it, like, to what degree are we thinking alternate universe? Or you, you guys seem like you want something that's, pretty similar to what our actual yeah i mean my one of my original attractions to sorcerer the the game we're playing a little later on is that it um it kind of gives you the advice that playing in the real world as close to home as possible is what makes the game or the genre frightening so 
I I don't really want a like a true fantasy world, right? Yeah. But having having a world that could be ours, that is maybe just a few steps away from ours, is what I'm particularly attracted to. But if if everybody else wanted to go another direction, that would be all right. Well, if we start in the 70s, that's not like too much historical research to do. But then if we're jumping ahead like years, that's going to put us ahead of like now. (laughs) Well, it can, you know, it can also be months. We can we can play with that. Okay. Um, yeah, I feel like 70s is doable, and yeah, I mean, I assume most strip malls are the same anywhere, I've, you know, they're all over yeah. Florida, uh-huh. so. Strip malls. I don't know, the more we talk about this, um, I'm getting, um, what was that movie with, uh, oh, shit, uh, excuse me, uh, No Country for <laughs> Old Men vibes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's, oh, go ahead. I know. I was just listening to a podcast about that movie earlier. I haven't seen it in years, but um... it's it, it's it's almost as though like wherever we decide to set the um, role play in, it even though it's the seventies, we you know it it's almost like a place out of time. You know, we can have it feel more like the fifties and sort of you know what what what, what questions does that raise about like you know as Noah was talking about social justice or racism or you know, all of these things. Um, so it's like the time is important, but, you know, we can also, you know, be a little flexible with it, um, you know, because there are places that in the 70s you walk into it and you might as well be in the 30s. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, I also really like swamps, so like, <laughs> um, I don't know, but that is the other thing the South has going for it, but... I don't know. Well, if it is set I... in Texas, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was saying if it is set in the south, um, uh, which part of Texas are you from, Noah? Uh, I'm from the DFW Metroplex. Okay, so like, if we're thinking, you know, swamps, but also with that Midwest vibe, then Galveston. I mean, it, it comes to mind <laughs> somewhere around there. It's like hell on earth, but you know. <laughs> Maybe that's perfect. Um, I'm I'm laughing so much because my the majority of my family on my mother's side is from Galveston. <laughs> so my, a lot of my folks are from out there to uh, near Beaumont. So okay, yeah, yeah. I like the idea of when, as you mentioned, no country for old men and like these and the Midwest vibe. I think it's probably a more interesting story, or it's it's exciting to me to think about horror happening in places that aren't the traditionally like super cultural whatever places like what leads people to be practicing demonic magic in Galveston or like the suburbs of St. Louis or something like that as opposed to in one of the big cities so I like that vibe and that kind of midwest south mix also is really appealing to me damn I'm 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 excited yeah well so galveston also like opens up because it's it's effectively a port port town right um so it it opens up a lot of kind of cross-cultural people coming in and out and trade let me just google real quick galveston in the 1970s (laughs) oh wild what let me i'm gonna drop this in the discord oh the uh, teenage girls yeah the killing fields uh nope that's not what came up for me never mind (laughs) (laughs) 
what I what came up for me, so the the listeners know what I'm looking at, is just a a beach with a bunch of cars parked on it and a sign that says surfboard surfboards for rent, tubes and floats. <laughs> I kind of love that. Um, but yeah, Gary, do you want to point to? Yeah, I'll um just post the first link I see. Um, so I remember hearing about this growing up. The uh, I think this is it. Uh, the Killing Fields in Galveston. So you know, the seventies we associate with serial killers and you know just all types of affrights, and Galveston was no different. Um, you know, there's like this stretch of interstate where a lot of girls, um, reportedly, and you know turns out actually went missing in the 70s and whoa that's intense. 40 years later they're now like kind of figuring out exactly who or you know how many people were involved in this um it's also a similar case in the 80s in atlanta um with young black men um yeah. so yeah. it's like the yeah. south is you know these these really innocent look, seeming places are actually you know a hotbed for this kind of activity so like Kiefer said a big part of what we do in these sessions can be you know why these things happen and these kind of far out places yeah I think that's yeah that's very interesting I love this yeah. I also love that it's also like a weird vacation town. So there's like a reason yeah. for mm-hmm. uh, like totally. jazz club to have continued. Let's pro Galveston. Let's go Me Galveston. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ornette Coleman's All also right. from Galveston, so or somewhere around there. So. Sorry, who is? Ornette Coleman. Uh, no, he's from oh, Fort oh, Worth. Oh, Never oh. mind. He's from Fort Worth, but I know he's from Texas. Yeah. Right. How cool. All right, so we're going Galveston. <laughs> um, so refining a little bit or not focusing in a little bit from galveston neighborhood i think should be fictional right yeah probably yeah we we don't want to situate this in a in a real place that might get mad at us (laughs) um or really that we would not do justice to yeah um so tell me about the the neighborhood a little bit i think maybe the the first question i have is how far is it from the water that's a good question because I have my my family may be from Galveston, but they had all moved by the time I was growing up, and so I've been to Houston a few times, but I've only been to Galveston proper once, I think, when I was like fourteen or fifteen. But as Keeper was saying, this is kind of a strange um, vacation destination. So, what's our what's the neighborhood's relationship to the water? I mean, I think water gives us a lot of options in terms of, I don't know, things that could potentially happen. So close to water would be cool, I think. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, water's cool. Um, yeah. And I, I'm just looking at a map because I don't know anything about this. Yeah, I am world, too. <laughs> yeah, I also I'm, I'm pulling one up right now too. I don't know that it needs to be in Galveston proper. Like there's like Bayou Vista and Hitchcock and like all of these small cities totally. in the area. Totally. Yeah. Um, and I'm totally open to all of that too. But yeah, I think near the water, I think it's kind of, I think we should be dealing with hurricanes in an interesting way at some point. Mm-hmm. Cool. In fact, can we make hurricanes one of our threats? Yeah. Yeah. What do we think about that? Hurricane? Cool. Um, it looks like there's this big national park that has alligators. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
there i hear there's a swamp and there might be alligators in it. <laughs> i mean somewhere that yeah. would give us both like swamp and beach would be cool and if it, it, it's fictional it doesn't need like an exact latitude and longitude so yeah totally well what i was kind of thinking was um not galveston proper because uh, galveston is an island but more on the mainland in one of these small towns that kind of uh, there's Trinity Bay here, which is, if everybody's looking at a map, which is kind of between Houston and Galveston. So maybe a neighborhood in one of the small towns along this Trinity Bay coastline, which gives us proximity both to Houston and to Galveston. And since we're all interested in Galveston, we can just make Galveston kind of the more focal point, or we're just closer to Galveston, maybe. And we don't need to name the actual small city that it's in, right? Whether it's Texas City or Kima or Seabrook or whatever. Yeah. I mean, or if you just give it a fictional name so that no Right. One's... Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Great. Okay. Sweet. So somewhere along just... Trinity Bay. Yeah. 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 Neighborhood close to water along Trinity Bay. Cool. And we've got our first threat already. Hurricanes. There are some, I noticed in the Galveston in the 1970s when I Googled that, there are some really incredible photos of a hurricane flooding Galveston in 1915. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to drop those in the Discord here in a little bit. Can alligators be a threat? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, I guess they don't have to be. <laughs> now, can we pull that back a little bit and just make it swamps? Yeah, yeah, or the swamp right yeah yeah there i think that there there needs to be there is a swamp nearby nice. and it is dangerous very nice um, so we've got kind of two external <laughs> literal swamp <laughs> as opposed to the political swamp maybe there's a political swamp too there is um <laughs> of course there is okay what is your kingdom we're we're really close and the the rules of kingdom really want us to step through this kind of step by step. So I think we're almost done with step one. What is your kingdom? So we know it's a neighborhood um, that's almost part of Galveston, close to the water along Trinity Bay. What's what's the name of our neighborhood? Or um, I think we can just call it a small town at this point, right? Yeah. If we're, if we're playing with a, a town, which is really this slight. So it's, it's probably a tourist town, right? Where people come, which means there's a beach nearby. And here I am skipping around, jumping steps again. But um, so what's what's the name of our of our little town? Delivery. Holy <laughs> shit, Gary! Uh, I've been listening to this song uh, called "Delivery" by this like really weird rapper. No, not delivery. It's like it's it's like the D H E livery. I, I, I'll uh, post the song in the uh, Discord. It's like a really weird rap song, and like the lyrics are unintelligible. But the only thing that you can hear is like something, something delivery. So that's just if if that's cool with everybody, it, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, I, I mean, delivery is delivery is good. But can I like I misheard you saying delivery, like like. But then delivery from the devil, that right? Me and of, I'm like, just deliverance. Thinking... Oh, it could be that right. Too, exactly. All right, so we can we can do delivery too. That's that's cool. Um, what if we split 
uh, split the difference, and the town is called Delivery, but people who have been there for a while call it Delivery because it's like, or like, yeah. <laughs> Goddamn Keith. Sorry. So it's, I mean. Um, yeah, I like it. Well, like it, yeah, that's based entirely off of the fact that Noah misunderstood you and you have an accent from the region, right? Like it's, it makes sense that people from the area would call it a thing. Yeah. It also yeah. is just a very good line. Yeah. We call it delivery. <laughs> oh, I'm so stoked. Welcome to the town of delivery. Um, all right. Cool, cool, cool. All right. I have to like wrap my head around how excited I am. <laughs> all right. So uh, step two, let's, let's press on. Step two, threats. Brainstorm three threats to the kingdom. These are external or internal forces or pressures that would upset the status quo. They may be brewing or looming, but they aren't actively endangering the kingdom yet. They are on the horizon. They may never materialize. Uh, and then Robbins also suggests it's best to have a mix of threats. If you already have two threats about external problems, consider making your third threat something inside the kingdom. So the swamp, the literal swamp, might be something inside the kingdom um, because it's kind of a location. And hurricanes are definitely external, I think. So what do we think? What's the the third threat? What's the thing that might upset the status quo? I mean, I assume it should be people-related. So I don't know if we want, like, small-town politics or, you know, and yeah. out-of-control sheriff. I don't know. Who knows? Out-of-control sheriff is not bad at all. Oops. Yeah, it's, in fact, yeah, it's, it's really good and fitting. I also really like the original speculator's idea. Like, it... It might be a little on the nose, but for a beach town to have, like, for it to be, like, kind of a sleepy beach town that, like, is a place that people from the Gulf Coast go and have mm -hmm. somebody come in who, or, like, somebody from there who wants to turn it into a national destination. Yeah, I do like that, too. Oh, big time, yeah. Okay. I mean, let's just give ourselves a fourth threat. Why not? Yeah. Capitalism. <laughs> yeah, speculators, a.k.a capitalism well, it's, it's also the time of like disney world and disneyland too and you know just these big city level engineering projects so it wouldn't be you know far stretch yeah well and it's it's also the rise of neoliberal politics right right it's reagan wait is it reagan it's nixon yeah. and ford but basically reagan yeah reagan was 81 to 89 so we'll, but but Reagan kind of comes out of the the neoliberal politics as they arise in a really start developing in the in the seventies. He's the governor, and that's of one of the reasons. Yeah. Right, uh, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to to play the the latter part of this show in the eighties is to deal with with Reagan. Um, I just want to, while we're doing that, put up a big fuck Ronald Reagan. <laughs> yeah, uh huh. Yeah. I think it's a a big middle finger from the whole the whole cast here yeah um my i we've said 1970s uh the only reason to not do 1970s would be if we wanted to start further back and have like the history all be a little bit more alternate for sure like i i'm totally okay with 1970s i just that was just a, a, a thought um so we're talking jazz clubs and if we, if we are to go back then I mean, it would, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, what, 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 how far back were you thinking, Kiefer? Um, Like, 
Noah said we could start with like the threat of that hurricane Noah was talking about in 1915 as like like it could be that hurricane that we know is coming and we could go from there oh, yeah, um, for or sure. it could or it could be like I don't know after World War II yeah I feel like after World War II I mean we could say like this is probably still too late along those lines of thinking but um like somewhere between 65 and 1970 i don't know sure yeah yeah or we can just do the 70s i'm not trying to say that we definitely like right i'm just saying some world building would be nice yeah i i think that comes out of a good um like a good intuition especially because like it would it will be nice to have when we're playing in the 80s it'll be nice to be able to say like oh eight years ago so and so did this yeah right when did vietnam start 64 um, for us 64 but you know france has been yeah. there for a while i think 57 is is when it started for the kind of the rest of the world wikipedia says 55 okay but in the states that we didn't get involved until 1964 like around that time yeah i mean that could be an interesting background like right around the cusp of that yeah well it it yeah it goes until 1975. So if we're playing, if we're dealing with the 70s, we'll be dealing with it. And then in the 80s, we'll be dealing with the fallout of Vietnam. Certainly. Yeah. Oh yeah, big time. Great. Cool. Well, here. So the the Tet Offensive happens in 1968, which was one of kind of the turning points in the Vietnam War. When did the draft start? Was that right in 64 or was that later? We that we always had we had a draft up until seventy one. Yeah. Wait, so it didn't start until seventy one, or it went until? I think 71? it ended in the early seventies, um, but we always ha- had a draft. Oh, okay. So, what Wikipedia is telling me, there was a draft lottery on December first, nineteen sixty nine. The Selective Service System of the United States conducted two lotteries to determine the order of call to military service in the Vietnam War for men born between two specific dates. I mean, what if we started in December 1969? We're right on the cusp of the 70s, and this Selective Service lottery has just been uh, run. And so there are going to be men in this community who are now faced with with leaving to go fight nice yeah okay so we're starting in december 1969 it's a christmas show everybody (laughs) uh cool do we feel comfortable moving on to step three locations i'm cool with it keeper what do you think yeah i guess part of me still wants to start earlier but i'm happy to like there's something that appeals to me about starting in the point where everyone was like, yeah, we're going to win the war in Vietnam. And then, yeah. so do we, we want to say like 1964 then, like right as it's starting in the U.S.? Um, I that would be my preference, but I'm also totally okay with 1969 if that sounds better to everybody else. I'm fine with either. I'm I'm leaning more towards 64 as well, just so we can have enough of a sweep in case you know if we yeah. fast forward a few years instead of just a couple of months, you know. That's true. Okay, I'm, I am pro sixty four now too. <laughs> Nineteen sixty four it is. Okay. Okay. All right. 
And I'm going to, since y'all stole my December 1969 idea, I'm just going to impose summer 1964 because <laughs> summers on the Gulf Coast are awful. And yeah. I'm, that's what we're going to do. Definitely <laughs> keep December 69 as an important date for the role play. I imagine it'll, you know, be something yeah, big. Yeah, that can be our, like, first time passes gets us to 69. Cool. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens when we get to the first time passes, right? We we don't want to be too prescriptive at the moment, but uh, December nineteen sixty nine selective service draft lottery. Okay, uh, gotta close some of the Wikipedia tabs I now have open. <laughs> okay, so step three: locations. Each player describes two places in the kingdom where characters are likely to be found and to interact. This will give you places to role play later on and help everyone visualize the kingdom. Players can go in any order. Each player should come up with one location. Once everyone has made one, each player goes again and makes a second. And then give the locations names that people in the kingdom would use so you can refer to them when you role play. So let's just go in the order of play, which would be Kiefer first, and then Gary, then myself, then Sharon. Cool. I think like a charming motel with attached restaurant two blocks from the beach. Love it attached restaurant and what's the name of the motel um let's call it shay j do you want to <laughs> type that for me so i don't mess it up named after a very good dive bar in los angeles ah nice and gary give us another location um a smoky pool hall where business folks go for their lunch break to gamble um or just really anybody fuck business folks um <laughs> you know it's a, a smoky pool hall i was watching that paul newman movie <laughs> i specifically like you said that people go there to gamble on their lunch breaks <laughs> <laughs> and what's the name of this pool hall the shark i don't know uh, yo i i like it <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a shark, or I don't know. Shark pit. Shark. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> the shark pit. The shark yeah, pit. yeah, yeah. That's, that's better. I can see the logo now. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm going over to the pit. Uh, all right, my turn. Another, another location. Uh, maybe I'll cheat. Jazz club. The jazz club. <laughs> but. Uh, I, I don't want to be the only one in charge of the name since this is going to, to turn into an important location for us. Um, has anyone been thinking about any any names? Um... <laughs> the book I'm looking at right now is called Rogue Messiahs. <laughs> mm, <laughs> Might okay. be a bit much. <laughs> I mean, in a town called Delivery. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I do like, I would, it would be like the rogue. I like that, you know, if we're thinking jazz club names, the rogue. Yeah. Yeah, rogue is good. And its its name might change too, right? If we're we're going to play through at least 16 years of of time in the kingdom, it, you know, it maybe it changes hands or ownership or whatever. Definitely will change styles. Um, just as a disclaimer, yeah. this is like the period I do my research on and a lot of what I study is like jazz and novels and poetry. So this, ah, oh, man, I'm super hyped. <laughs> so. 
That is awesome. I'm glad we've got you here. <laughs> Kiefer, what do you what do you think about uh, names for the club? What was Sharon? Your thing was like false messiahs. It's rogue messiahs. That's okay. it's just the book yeah. that is directly in front of me. <laughs> no, I I was just trying to remember um, the. I don't know. I like rogue. Um, I'm also thinking Messiah made me think of Prophet, which seems like a no. That could be more the, clubby name. Could be the name of the band in there, the Prophets. Mm. I love that actually. Like, that. <laughs> like Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers. Yeah, the Prophets of Delivery. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Yes. That's, so into it. Yeah, that's that's what they do when they when they like play a show in Galveston. The the announcer says, and we have the prophets of delivery. <laughs> oh. the, the, like a jazz band or like a Grateful Dead knockoff group, but it's still weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love it so much. I'm Wait so down. happy. Uh, and Sharon, give us oh, a locale. Um, okay. This might be terrible, so if it is, I'm totally open to suggestion, but... There could be like a place on the edge of a swamp that is like a makeout point, but people also use it for other kinds of shady business, like a meeting of I two li- pads. I, <laughs> I don't know. I literally just threw my hands up in the air. I was so excited. <laughs> yeah, I like that. You know what this is all like really reminded me of? Like the time and the setting and the, the theme. And this is like something that just flew over my head until when you mentioned the makeout point. This is like Scooby-Doo. Sick. Oh man. Great. <laughs> oh, I don't know about so, a name for that though. I don't know. Well, what? Tell me again the the rest of the details you were saying about it. I was thinking like on the edge of the swamp, possibly like close to where two walking pads meet. But then it's also like if it's a makeout spot, it has to have like a parking lot because cars. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, well, so or the clearing, like. It's sort of a clearing near the swamp, in the swamp, where cars can also fit. No idea. Oh, I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Teamwork. Yeah. Um, a clearing where teens park <laughs> uh, in the swamp. And it's, like, on the edge of one of the, like, state or national parks that's in the area. So you could go from there into just like an intense swampy wildlife zone or you could yeah. just hang out at the outskirts yeah, and perfect. maybe like the more intense crime happens a little bit further in further in the swamp oh my god i love it yeah that's great so it's it's like this liminal point right between delivery and uh like Kiefer was saying, where crime happens deeper in the swamp, where people are, yeah. are doing drug deals and dragging bodies and stuff. Yeah. Um, and did it sound like y'all had just decided to call it The Clearing? I'm cool with that, but open okay. to ideas. I mean, I, I think it makes sense. It's straightforward. All right. And Kiefer, we're back to you. How many locations do we need? Uh, everybody oh, does two, two so we'll come up with eight. Yeah. Do we want to have a boardwalk? Yeah, something. Well, we have the the motel on the beach, but I mean, the boardwalk could be an adjacent location. Oh, I'm thinking maybe the motel should be more than two blocks from the beach. I'm thinking of it as like the motel that people go to when the good motels that are right on the water are full and they still mm. want to have a beach vacation, but they can't afford to get like the really nice room. So they're staying like 
in the motor hotel, like a little bit away from the yeah, beach, but like still walking distance. Yeah. yeah okay. F- then we definitely four, four blocks. <laughs> so I th- yeah, I think we need something beachfront. Okay. Um, yeah, I would say either boardwalk or like, is there a like locally owned grocery store or like some kind of place where people <laughs> could bump into each other on a regular basis uh, that was totally what I was thinking of <laughs> uh, why not both sure like have one exterior beachy like directly on the beach boardwalk and then have an interior that's also nearby that is the grocery convenience thing which one are you more excited about I'll take either one uh, build it out uh, a little I, I was like, can I take grocery? Yep. Cool. So yeah, boardwalk. And let's say it's like recently completed in 1964, because we're in this moment of like optimism coming out of the post-war boom. Everybody's like, things are great. We have a really beautiful boardwalk. We're going to invite a bunch of people to the beach. It's going to mm-hmm. be lovely. Ooh, can there they be an arcade? They don't have rides, but they do have shops. There's definitely an arcade, but yes. it's all skee-ball. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kiefer, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Is the boardwalk partly the result of speculative capital? Um, I don't think, maybe a little bit, but I think partially it's like the thing that is luring the speculative capital. Like the boardwalk Mm. is something that everybody got together and decided would be a good thing for the town. And it put them on the map just enough to be like what you know most people would call a good thing for the town cool yeah yeah so do they just call it the boardwalk yeah i think it's lame when boardwalks have names personally yeah i agree well that's that's kind of why i was asking about the speculative capital is i was wondering if oh it can get branded later on right yeah if this was the the jeff bezos boardwalk or whatever I think it's quite possible that by 1980 it will be called like the boardwalk at Funtopia. Yeah. But mm. right now it's just the boardwalk. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Cool. Okay, Gary. Um. Oh Lord. Okay. Um. So I want to provide a counterweight for the optimism that capitalism is bringing through and just remind us that this is 64 Galveston. So it's very deeply segregated. And as such, I think the place that I had in mind would be on the sort of quote unquote other side of the tracks. And um, I haven't really exactly uh, something like, um, I don't know. So we already got the jazz club. Um, I don't know. For some reason, like cars and, and whatnot has come to mind. So what about a... Um, like an auto mechanic? Yeah, like, you know, an auto, like, yeah, like a garage or, you know, just a place like, you know, like a used car or like a sort of junkyard for cars or, you know... But it's in, you know, a far less prosperous side of town. Um, I love I like used it. car lot. Yeah. yeah. So so what do you want to go with, uh, Gary? Do you want to go with used car lot or with a uh, mechanic shop or a combination thereof? Yeah, we could do like used car auto lot for now. Yeah. 
Okay. I just was thinking because, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Cause I guess like the character I had in mind would be like a black janitor. Um, so I was like, you know, that's, yeah, that sounds dope. Sounds dope. Yeah. And do you have a, a name for the Carlot? I don't know. Just, I guess a generic placeholder right now would be like uh, honest John's dealership. <laughs> honest yeah. John's. I'll, I'll put that in quotes and we can, uh, we want to update we can uh all right see i was going one way <laughs> and now i'm going another all right i'm gonna go f- with the k through 12 school uh shit i'm forgetting all of my texas history now <laughs> i did i did not expect us to be role-playing in 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 uh texas today <laughs> and i'm like a little bit unprepared um, this is the Stephen F. Austin K through 12 school. So it's, it's a combined like kindergarten through, through high school. And, uh, so for those of you who don't know, Stephen F. Austin is known as the father of Texas. And there are all kinds of things named after him. Stephen F. Austin K through 12 school. I was just looking up, just double checking when desegregation happened. So... The school cannot legally be a segregated school, but I'm sure that that there are um, structures in place that still wind up producing that effect. Well, yeah. it's, it's a public school, right? You just said it's a public school, right? Oh, okay, yep. yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of like a unique feature or two for it. I take advice if if folks have have ideas for unique features about this school. I mean, features as in what? Yeah. Whether it's um, like like I was thinking of a weird basement, but you don't have basements and yeah. In I mean, there's the always like a playground. I don't know, or like a gymnasium. Uh, maybe they have like um, you know, this is everything I know about Texas. But do they have a <laughs> really good or like do people really care about the local high school football team and they have like a really elaborate stadium that's the nicest thing in town? Nice. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll take it. I was also, uh, yeah, that's good. I was also thinking of a clock tower, but that's because again, serial killer um, Charles Whitman. Oh right. yeah. Yeah, the UT. It could have both the clock tower and a stadium. Maybe the clock tower is overlooking the stadium. Yeah. Like as part of the scoreboard. Ooh yeah. Oh, there we go. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, scoreboard for overly nice stadium attached to side of a clock tower and this is this is really fitting because i went to a i went to a a high school which also had a gigantic freaking stadium and now uh gary and i both go to a university that has a huge uh, clock tower yeah (laughs) and a terrible stadium (laughs) i've never even been inside it Uh, it, it'll it'll break your texas heart it's like a one-sided stadium (laughs) Um, Gary, you're assuming I I care anything about football at all. <laughs> I, I don't either, but yeah, it's 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 real miserable. Um, all right, Sharon, bring us home. All right, um, kind of like a mom and pop grocery slash convenience store slash post office inside of it. Um, just sort of an all in one. Um, potentially, like right next door to the sheriff's office maybe yes like, no maybe yes okay cool 
Um, I'm thinking, I keep thinking of that scene in like Misery where like there's the sheriff's office and the like grocery store right next to each other. I don't know. Convenience store. Is this like an... Go on. Is, like, are we more bodega or are we more like... I'm like... I'm trying to think of it overlap, like Publix. Like, well, it wouldn't be as like commercial as Publix. I'm like thinking like wood floors and like... I think just like a large family-owned grocery store that kind of does a lot of things so that people can run into each other there, regardless if they're like going to the post office or getting groceries or, you know, picking up something quick. Right. So, it, but like it's, it can be the place you do all of your grocery shopping. Yeah, I think so. Maybe not all of them. I don't know. Ooh. Well, and I, I think that what quote unquote all of your groceries in 1964 looks like is really different than all of your groceries now look like. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so, I mean, I, I like the idea that this is kind of, it's big enough where you could get anything and maybe you would occasionally go into Galveston or into Houston if you needed to get something special. But yeah. um, even then people might say like, oh, why didn't you go over to the mom and pop grocery store instead? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm into that. Uh, I have no idea about a name though. I don't know if anyone has any good. I mean, I like, I like the idea that, ooh, um, or like, wait, a general store. Is that the word that I'm thinking of? General store? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, somebody's name, maybe? Yeah. Um... I mean, I I almost threw out my, my grandmother's name. Um, what, what's your grandmother's w- name? Uh, my grandmother's name was Tommy Joe. That's cute. That's very cute. Tommy Joe's general store. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. There we go. Cool. Um, so I guess now that we have locations, can we just talk about how deeply we want to jump into like race and segregation and the South? Because yeah, like, yeah, I think we I, should. I, yeah. Like if we have a deeply segregated town, right? Like is Tommy Joe's, uh, like, do they have a mostly white or a mostly black clientele? Like how much are we diving into that kind of thing? I, I think it would vary depending on you know um it's i would say just from what i know of my own folks's recollections um places were integrated in new orleans by 64 but equal patronage doesn't necessarily mean equitable service so you could have both black and white patrons in your store but typically um, the black patron would have to wait until like whichever white folks were at the counter to finish their orders and then go up. So it, you know, it's like a behavioral. Um, so we could have every establishment listed be integrated, but the treatment of those within would, you know, be severely different. Yeah. Right. Aside from, I'm assuming because is like. Do we want to explicitly have any of the businesses be black versus white owned? Um, just I, in the way I've been imagining the jazz club, at least just in my own head, this isn't something we've ever talked about, but I've, I've always imagined it being black owned and run. That's interesting. I, 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 I always thought it'd be the opposite. Um, and for those of y'all that don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm black, but um, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. I'm with that. Well, what a uh, uh, what 
what do we think would would be most interesting from a story perspective you're asking the whole group ever everybody in general yeah yeah what do we think would be most interesting uh, or or maybe i mean here here's something else we could do is we could run back a little bit and the maybe the jazz club hasn't started in 1964 like maybe it starts in the late 60s or 70s and i i come up with another location and then and then we kind of see who starts it right which of our characters that we wind up playing today winds up starting it i don't know just another option yeah i i don't know i don't have any strong feelings i mean is there any benefit to having it already open when we start i i don't i don't know that that really there's a a benefit to speak of one way or another right this is the this is kind of the pregame for the for the rest of the show i i think i mean it wouldn't hurt to have it open i mean this i i I don't you know it's why not have it or some kind of music venue um yeah maybe it's like like... r&b instead of jazz but then becomes jazz as part of a jazz revival sure yeah, I think it would be interesting to have some kind of a like music venue nightclub already open, just because it seems like a good location <laughs> to set things right. in. Right. Okay. Um, and in terms, I think it could be like since we do have speculators and the threat of looming capitalism and development, maybe the jazz club is starting out black owned, but it might not be when we're actually playing the game in sure. the eighties. Yeah. Mm, no, that's good. Yeah, and that that brings the speculators kind of directly, the threat of the speculators brings them directly into uh, play there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so here's our here's our kingdom, folks. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's real. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we have our kingdom. Now it is time for us to start thinking about characters. And kind of seeing at the the rate we're playing, and which is about what I expected, I think we'll probably get through our characters for today and get everything set up. And then the next time we meet, we'll actually start playing through scenes. Mm-hmm. So today is, is mostly just going to be kind of generating the our town of livery and the, the characters that we're going to be living in it. Awesome. So we have, yeah, so we have just uh, scrolled a little bit further in the PDF to page 12. This is something else that the rules make explicit, which I think is kind of cool. We're supposed to step through each of these steps. There are six steps to make a character and we step through them together. So we'll all do step one and then we'll all do step two, etc. So um, try not to jump ahead. Like you might start thinking about some of these things, but we'll, we'll do everything together and uh, kind of see how they interact. So step one. What is your role? Yeah, so I will just ask y'all to kind of fill this out on your own as we go. So I'm just on onto the second page of this Google Doc that we've started. Step one, what is your role? There are three roles that describe a character's place in the kingdom. They are a critical part of the game. Pick one of these as the starting point for your character. So the only rule is we can't all be the same role. Everybody there, because there are four of us and there are three roles, there will be at least one double up, but we could all three be one, so long as at least one other person was a different one. So here are the three roles. Power. You have authority over the kingdom. You decide what the kingdom does and what it doesn't do. Perspective. You understand the kingdom, both its merits and flaws. You can foresee the consequences of the decisions the kingdom makes. 
Touchstone. You reflect the desires of the people of the kingdom. Your attitudes show us what the populace wants and how they are reacting to what is happening. Uh, and then, like I said, players can pick any combination of roles so long as everyone does not pick the same role. And we don't need to worry too much about the, the mechanics at the moment, but the mechanics kind of play out what these roles say they do. Perspectives basically make predictions about what's going to happen when we come to a crossroads. Power actually decides what happens when the crossroad resolves. And then touchstones reflect the attitudes of the people and can decide how the can decide more than the other roles can about how close the community is coming to a crisis. And we'll talk about exactly what a crossroad is and what a crisis is a little a little later. Okay. There's a on page 23 they break down the roles as perspective can predict the consequences of picking different sides. It's your job to show us what's really at stake. Touchstone decides how the people of the kingdom feel and what they want. They can instantly define the kingdom and show us how the people react to what is happening. Power, after seeing those consequences and hearing what the people want, they get to decide what the kingdom actually does. And it says, that doesn't seem fair, does it? <laughs> Only power gets to decide what the kingdom, kingdom does? No, it isn't fair, but it might be balanced. Power makes the choice, but perspective and touchstone de determine the consequences, which I think is a nice little way of summarizing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So I think my role is going to be perspective. It's just the one I'm going to jump on. <laughs> and and some, something else to point out is that, like, at this point, someone could play the out-of-control. Well, maybe you wouldn't want to play the out-of-control sheriff if they're a threat. Well, wh why wouldn't you? Someone could play the out-of-control sheriff if they wanted to. And you could pick power, for instance, which would be kind of the... Or you could play the mayor of, of the town of the livery. Uh, and it it seems like power would be the obvious choice to go with if you played something like mayor, but you could also do something like touchstone. But what that means about your character, the mayor, for example, is that this mayor doesn't actually have that much power over the community. What they have is a knowledge of the people in the community, right? I, and I think that's probably why the book is laid out this way, to get us to pick role first and then character concept in order to get these kind of unique arrangements of of characters. Yeah, oh, this is such a hard decision. I like perspective, but power. it's between perspective and power, I can't, I can't decide. You can also change your roles. You can change your role so long as you've played at least one scene with your current role. So it's, it's all right if you decide you want to change a little bit later. And then there are a couple of other mechanics where you can challenge someone over something that they've done and either assume their role or stop them from doing it as well so um go, go with what's appealing to you at the moment because uh, i'm so indecisive <laughs> i keep waiting to see what other people pick well that's okay the Kiefer or gary do you have thoughts oh okay fine um i'll do power i guess great awesome but totally cool if someone else also wants that well, we can have multiple powers too. Yeah. I guess I'll do touchstone if, if that's if that's cool with everybody. That's cool. Yeah. I think I'm also gonna do touchstone. All right. Okay, so we've selected our roles. Step two: Who are you? Each player should come up with an idea for their character. Your description should include: What do you do in the kingdom? What's your job? What are your duties? And what do you look like? man or woman or non-binary young or old 
Your character must be part of the kingdom, and all the characters must be able to interact with each other, even if they come from very different circumstances. And then pick a concept that fits the role you choose, and then Robbins gives an example similar to the one I gave. And then this is kind of an important rule in my book. Do not make a character who doesn't care about the kingdom or who would be unaffected by the vicissitudes of the kingdom. That's against the rules. <laughs> you can make a character who hates being a part of the kingdom, but simply walking away should not be an option. Yeah, they have some kind of stake in what happens to the kingdom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the hard Holland. Can it be... No order. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you've if you've got an idea, go for it. Yeah, I think I'm gonna be the owner of Tommy Joe's. My name is going to be uh, Jacob something. I'm gonna be like forty five, um, with like light hair and dark eyes and. I like it. Okay, I have two ideas and I don't know which one is better, so any feedback is cool. Sure. Um, I was thinking of either working at the motel or being a bartender as a rogue. Mm, I mean, I like both of those very much. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with bartender, question mark. Okay, cool. That's as far as I've gotten <laughs> That, that's fine yeah we're we're doing this collaboratively right so the the choices that we all make are going to be will affect everybody else um let me look at the locations we've got here Ooh, um i am going to be i'm going to be a teacher at the k-12 through school oh nice named jim lewis and he's a black math teacher at the school and I think he's probably, he's younger, so he's like early 30s. He, he makes himself presentable, though. He, I don't think he's the first black teacher at this school, but he's, he's one of the first two or three. And... Silly Poitier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not quite that. I wasn't imagining him as being like quite that uh, charismatic as like Sidney Poitier. Yeah. But maybe more like, actually, okay, I know exactly who I would face cast as a... Uh, the actor who plays Chidi from The Good Place. Oh my god, I love that guy. He's what so is good. his name? Um, William Jackson Harbor. Mm -hmm. That might be right. I don't know that I've ever actually known him. I think name. that sounds right to me. I've never seen this guy before. Um, but oh, The Good the Place show. Is... Yeah. So yep. Yeah. Uh, so um, I'm playing Jim Lewis, who is being played by William Jackson Harper. <laughs> He's a math teacher at Stephen F. Austin. And I think he teaches like the upper grades. So he teaches probably the nine through 12 grades. Okay. Sorry, I'm like brainstorming names over here. <laughs> no, you're good. Gary, are you, do you have a concept? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah. Um, that janitor idea, I guess this cat could be a janitor at, originally it was to be the rogue, but now I think it either is going to be the shark pit or the boardwalk. Right. And I think if, I guess we could get more out of the boardwalk, just 
because that's not something that I'm you know, not familiar with. So he's the or she or I haven't really decided on. They um, say she's the janitor at the boardwalk and her name is uh, Willie Mae Hooks. That's a great name. That's, That's a good rad. name. Hmm. Uh, so, Sharon, if you're having trouble thinking of a name, what about uh, going another route? Like, what's your, what does your bartender look like? Or who, who would you face cast? Like, if you were going to pick an actor from Hollywood to play your bartender, who would you pick? The first person who's coming to me is, what is that woman's name who is in, oh my god, what is that show with Idris Elba, where he's like the detective? I'm like blanking. Oh, the liar? Not the liar. No, Luther? No, no. Um, Luther. Detective. Show. Wait, it's not Luther. What is the woman's name? Luther? It's driving me crazy. It's Luther, yes, that's the show. Oh my god, it has to be who's Luther. Who's the main woman in like the. Ruth. Ruth Wilson, maybe? Ruth Wilson is the name. Yeah. The person who's. First person to come to mind. Great. Uh, uh, that might change. Um, I like the name Ruby as a first name. I just don't have a last name. Mm-hmm. I feel like I just outed myself as someone who's never seen The Wire. <laughs> I've only seen two episodes of it you ever. Did. I've actually only watched it through YouTube clips. So, um, but there's a lot of clips on YouTube. It's a good TV show. It's supposed to be like one of the best ever written, but. As a total I aside, like, I used to hang out with this cat from, uh, I think it was PA, and he watched the season of The Wire. This was when I was living in Maryland. It's like this, you know, total, like, you know, pasty white guy, super cool dude. Um, he just starts, like, talking like fucking Stringer Bell after watching, like, season three of The Wire. And it was, like, you know, the most amazing thing like anyone's ever done in my presence it was you know just started calling everybody son and like it was really weird and really awesome at the same time uh just total aside nice sorry i'm still thinking no you're good like okay. i mean you could i'm just picking come back to names too. a name of a book that i'm looking at a name off a book that i'm looking at so that's there fine we go. that's all right um what's your both Gary and Sharon, what what kind of age range are we looking at for your characters? I guess like mid thirties, early thirties, something like that. Okay. Let's say, wait, how wait, how old is Jim Lewis? Early thirties. Uh, early early thirties, yeah. And Kiefer's middle age. So uh, mid to late twenties for me. Mid to late twenties. I'll go like right around thirty. Cool. All right. So that's step two. Step three, locations. Where are you found? Each player picks two places where their character would be found from the list of kingdom locations. Say what you do in these locations or why you picked them. You are telling the other players that these are good places to have a scene with your character. Try to pick at least one location that no other character has, but don't worry if you don't. Feel free to add new locations if you need them. Write your character name next to the locations you pick for easy reference. So, some of these are going to be pretty straightforward. Uh, like for Jim, Stephen F. Austin, K-12, through is an obvious place for him. And what's a, another one he might frequent? 
I, uh, yeah, go for it, Kiefer. Oh, no, I I was just going to say, like, I can go or not go. I feel like I've got a pretty yeah. good sense of where I'm at with go this character. Uh, yeah, Tommy Joe's, which is the place that he owns and where he works. He also spends a lot of time at the clearing, not in the, like, out, like, in the parking lot kind of zone, but deeper in because the clearing, I think, might also be a spot for gay men who are cruising, um, and he's hanging out a little bit deeper uh, Keith, there. What, did, what does your character do for work again? He owns Tommy Joe's and runs it, right? Like, it's a mom-and-pop spot, so he's, like, behind yeah. the... And he tells everyone that Tommy Joe's was his mom's name, which is why it's gotcha, the name of the gotcha. store. So in addition to Stephen F. Austin K through 12, uh, if it's okay, so are we happy with the name Honest John's dealership for the used car lot? Um, I think, yeah, I don't know. How do y'all feel? I was like, I I think I'd like the honest to begin with, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah, yeah, I'm cool with that. Um, I don't know if, sorry. want to go yeah, to the word dealership and just have it be Honest yeah. John's. Okay. Honest John's it is. So Jim is often found at Honest John's as well. Um, I think because he used to be a mechanic and his he has an John is his uncle. The titular John is his uncle. So he like growing up he worked at Honest John's, um, and he still goes there occasionally. Cool. So I have the Rogue, because that's where Ruby works, and the Boardwalk, because she is very into the arcade there. Cool. I like it. And Gary, do you want to run us through your two spots? Uh, sure. So Willie Mae works at the Boardwalk as a janitor, um, does the late night shifts after everybody's left, and afterwards usually goes to the shark pit where she hustles chumps for breakfast money. <laughs> love it love it nice. so much uh all right wait do so we have okay. any oh overlap don't we is it do we have we don't have any overlap should we have any overlap nope that we we don't have to uh, we overlap okay. on the boardwalk yeah two of you overlap on the boardwalk and oh then yeah but can we think of it as like primary secondary instead of it just being like you know like the primary is all unique and the secondary because i think both like one and two we don't have any like first places and second places that are the same am i making sense like sharon and i both have the boardwalk but you know we our characters work at different places i work at the boardwalk but she works at the road but she goes to the boardwalk to visit whereas i go to the shark pit so mm-hmm. yeah yeah um the there doesn't really even need to be overlap because like we're going to wind up having scenes with each other and we can we can assume that we all go to all the all these places in town it's just that like this is both kind of a prompt for when you set a scene for your character and then if another character so, like, if Jim Lewis wanted to particularly have a scene with Ruby Bataille, he would, he might go to the Rogue, and then we would have a scene there, for instance. Oh, okay. But 
we do need to go up to locations and if everybody would add their names next to the places where they can be found. So Jim can be found at Honest John's and at Stephen F. Austin. Yeah, Kiefer, how old is your character again? Uh, Middle-aged? Uh, yeah, like between 42 and okay. 60. Cool. I may bump up Lumo's age just so that you can have two older folks if that's cool. Yeah, I, I'm not worried about it. Okay, so those were our locations. Next, step four, wish or fear. And this is an either or. You're going to pick one or the other. State either a wish or a fear your character has about the kingdom's future. A wish is something you hope the kingdom will do or become. A fear is something you dread. Pick something that you want to explore and play. Your choice tells the other players what issues you want to see the kingdom confront, whether that's building towards something wonderful or fighting to prevent something terrible. Importantly, no two characters can have the exact same wish or fear. However, one character is allowed to have a wish that another character fears. Ooh. Uh, uh, can I fear the speculators because I don't want them building new bars and attractions that'll take away from our clientele sure yeah that sounds kind of specific and good cool. does anybody else have a, a an idea about their wish or fear i think jake is pretty excited about the speculators and he's hoping that uh the boardwalk draws new attention to delivery and increases the value of his business and like helps him succeed nice cool yeah i like it i'm trying to i'm trying to think about uh about jim a little bit i'm trying to figure out what he either wishes or fears for and maybe maybe he's yeah all right all right i'm gonna do this his fear is that elements from the swamp will overwhelm the town and what does quote-unquote elements mean? No idea. We'll find out. <laughs> I like that. Gary, what are you thinking about? Yeah. So give me a minute. Yeah, of course. Elements from the swap. I like that. Um, <laughs> so it can be either a wish or a fear, right? It can't be both. Yep. One or the other. And these wishes have to be tied to the kingdom as a whole right um let's see what the rules say specifically it's a, a wish or fear about the kingdom's future okay, so. um a wish is something you hope the kingdom will do or become a fear is something you dread but it, it could be it could be something a little bit more granular like it could be something specifically about one of the locations or it could relate to one of the threats that we've that we've drafted already the the one thing it says a wish or fear can't be is about a specific character. Uh, if you mention any specific person, your wish or fear is probably invalid. Okay. All right, so Willie Mae's fear is that no amount of work will save her. I'll put slash hustling because, you know, she's a hustler too. Um, will save her and or her family um, from being displaced. And I guess displacement can mean... Um, both in the immediate material sense, like won't be able to afford to live where she lives or cannot literally live where she lives anymore because of natural disasters. That's really good. I like that. 
Yeah, the the word displacement brings up um, all kinds of of possible ways that one might be forced from their home. That's great. Yeah. Alrighty. Step five. Issue. What's your problem? Name a personal issue that holds your character back. It could be a personality flaw or a difficult personal relationship. Pick something you are interested in playing. Your character would probably be happy to be rid of their issue, but as a player, it should interest you. Um, your issue is not about outside forces stopping you. This is something about you that sabotages you. If it's a relationship, it's a relationship you cannot bring yourself to sever, even if that would be best for you. Your issue will be grist for the mill while you play. It gives everyone at the table insight into what your character is about and tells them what problems you are interested in having your character confront. Um, can I have like an overbearing boss that is sort of like holding her back at work and just like she can't afford to quit, so she's going to stay working there and she likes her job other than this? Yeah, I, I mean, that sounds great to me. Cool. Um, I think I think the one the one thing we want to be careful of is that there's this line here in the Kingdom Rules. Your issue is not about outside forces stopping you. Mm, so that's true. It's maybe so it might be reflected in your boss, right? Your boss is the uh, the manifestation of this frustration you have, but yeah, um, maybe you know, kind of deep down, Ruby knows that there's some other reason she can't bring herself to to quit. Ooh, that's true. Okay, let me think on that for a second. <laughs> yeah. So Jim's issue, since uh, since Kiefer brought up Jake Brown's going to the clearing and that the clearing is is also a kind of a cruising site, I think. So I'm I'm starting to develop Jim's history a little bit as well. I think you know Jim grew up working on cars at uh, with his uncle at Honest John's. Oh, that's so ironic. I have an uncle named John. Anyway, um, he and then he went to college, probably like UT or A&M, maybe not out of state, but away from Galveston and Houston. And while he was gone, you know, like people do, he discovered himself. And now that he has come home, his issue is that he he doesn't know how to handle his sexuality in a small conservative town. Okay. Sorry, I'm totally trying to rethink this or think of other that's options. Right. So that's that's a really good one. That's right. Yeah, this is good. Thanks. I can go if everybody else is. Uh, I think Jake's issue is being found out. Um, he really wants to be seen as like a pillar of the community, um, but he is living a double secret life, both as a gay man, which he's actually more comfortable with, but he's also secretly super duper jewish and pretends not to be he like was raised originally in new york and like in an orthodox family and still carries all of that with him his real name is jacob bernstein he's going by mm. jake brown uh and is just pretending i'm like a little worried i'm just setting up do the right thing here but don't worry this is a horror game things will things will get different <laughs> Sharon, I see you typing. What do you think? Yeah. Um, so just refer or yeah, rephrasing that a little bit is that she wants to have more power, particularly at work, but she can't seem to manifest it for some reason. I don't know. Is that still too external? No, I mean like her um that that sounds like an internal thing to me, right? She wants to have more power, but her she can't 
can't seem to manifest it is a good way of phrasing it, I think, because there's there's a block, right? There's a block that she can't get past. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe she'll discover it over the course of uh, this game. Maybe she won't. Yep, sounds good to me. Gary, what are you thinking? Um, Willie May's issue, I want to say she throws herself into her work for at least two reasons I can think of. One, because um, she just wants to have enough capital to withstand all of the problems of being a black woman in Galveston in 1964. Um, But she also feels isolated from other black folks um, because she does not subscribe to traditional, like, norms of motherhood she's a mother but not to her own children and you know both her line of work as well as like what she does outside of it is not seen as respectable by christ-fearing folks so i'm just trying to condense all that into one sentence yeah right well i think the the feeling of isolation is is one thing that you could kind of ground this this character idea in right yeah yeah being isolated while also feeling like you really need community because you're dealing with a lot of like societal challenges is right. very real all right uh last step and then we will have our characters is bond what is your relationship so here we're going to need the the play order that we set up a little bit earlier on roll 20 describe your connection to the character to your left so character so character Kiefer would describe mm-hmm. his relationship to Gary, Gary to myself, me to Sharon, and then Sharon will describe her relationship to Kiefer. Okay. Does anybody want to go first? So you just have to figure out one one relationship. Ooh, and I I just had an idea, um, but I, I want to run it by you, Sharon, before yeah. uh, I commit to it. <laughs> okay, go for it. What, what if Jim and Ruby dated in high school and then he left, figured out he was gay, and now has come back. And so the relationship with Ruby is like ex-partner, maybe? Yeah, no? yeah. No, I'm super into it. Let's do it. Okay, cool. Ruby is Jim's ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Great. Cool. Gary, if it's cool with you, I was thinking that... Willie could have previously worked for Jake. Maybe, yeah, I I don't know in what capacity, but I think what I would like to have done is like maybe she worked for him for a while and he confided, like it's that thing where you're a boss and you feel like you're treating your employees well and but also you're still not paying them enough money (laughs) and you're still in an inherently exploitative relationship. So like he feels like they were close and like maybe... I think he confided in her that he's secretly Jewish, but not that he's secretly gay, because he knows that she's kind of got an outsider vibe. So she knows his secret and also used to work for him. That's perfect, yeah. And let's see. So I have to... So it's both left and right. So I have to forge a relationship with Ruby. Right? Is that right? Uh, No, with 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 you. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm a little... Yeah. What's the order? It's you, then me, then... So so if you look at roll 20, yeah. 
it's you describe the relationship with the character on your left. So oh, okay, I got you. So all right, got you. All right, so maybe Willie May could have been. Maybe Willie May used to work at. So I have a few ideas. Um, what's Jim's family life like? Ooh. Well, we know he has an uncle. <laughs> um, I don't know past that. So, I mean, I. Th- are you finish? Oh, I I was just gonna say I think both parents are still in the picture. I don't think he lives with them anymore. Let's go with an only child, just because that's a little bit simpler. And his parents are are probably on the older side, I think. Okay, and is Jim Jim is from Galveston, right? Or no? Um, Jim lives in town. He he lives in the livery. Okay, delivery, right? Um, yeah, but he's he's from there. Yeah, yeah, he's he's from the livery originally, and then he went probably to UT for college, and then moved back. Okay. Um, he probably he probably worked in Austin for a while, and then moved back home a year or two ago as his parents have been getting older. Okay, so I guess Willie May could have been like a surrogate sister type for uh, Jim taught him the value of education uh likely stood up for him against the neighborhood bullies i love it yeah i i think that's that's great i think that's a very very cool relationship for willie may and jim to have so i have what might be a terrible idea let's hear it i love terrible ideas okay so i could just change ruby's last name and have her be uh oh god hold on Wait, Kiefer, what's your character's name? Jake. Jake. Could be Jake's sister, half-sister, cousin? I don't know. Is that too many... Wait, we don't have any actual family These are the relationships we're trying to to build. We should all be be messy and tied up. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is, 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 like, a blood family tie too much? Is it no. weird or like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of alternatives. No, I think that's cool. Hmm. You could do like, you could be a blood relative. It could be a thing where like maybe, like again, just because clearly I'm in secrets mode, it could be a thing where like Ruby is very like happily living a life as a Jewish woman in the South and Jake isn't. So he like makes her deny the fact that they're siblings could be the fact that they're both living a lie and she doesn't feel good about it it could be like i think there's a lot of really interesting stuff there should we do half sister or sister up to you Mm-mm-mm-mm. the age difference maybe makes me think half sister yeah yeah and then as a as a half sister you wouldn't even have to change your last name if you didn't want to yeah that's true okay yeah and it's a that. very let's good name separate. so <laughs> I'm like looking at a George Bataille book like right in front of me. <laughs> and I think I think that's it. So at this point, um, I mean, we're running up on the edge of time, which is fine. Uh, I think we did really good. So let's just do this. Let's run let's run through everything real quick. So our town is called the livery. The locals <laughs> call it delivery. It's near Galveston, along Trinity Bay. It's full of strip malls like the Midwest, and it's 1964. 
There's a very swampy swamp nearby with a clearing <laughs> where the kids sometimes go to park and where other people sometimes go to take long walks. The, the town is kind of generally nervous about things like hurricanes. The, the swamp itself causes some, some fears. There's an out-of-control sheriff that we have yet to meet. And there is a recent possible influx of speculative capitalism that we have to worry about. The town has such charming locations as Shay J, a motel with an attached restaurant. It's not the nicest place. It's a few blocks from the beach. There's another motel or hotel, which is probably right on the beach where the people who booked ahead of time or spent a little bit more money go. Somewhere else in town is the Shark Pit, a smoky pool hall where people from all over the community go to gamble on their lunch breaks and where Willie Mae Hooks spends her time hustling people out of their uh, pocket money. Yep. There's a club called The Rogue with a house band called The Prophets. We're not sure what kind of music they play, but Ruby Bataya works there and will maybe tell us. One of the people who likes to take walks along the clearing is Jake Brown. Out on the boardwalk, Ruby Bataille likes to spend her time in the arcade and Willie Mae Hooks works there. The Honest John's used car lot, which is kind of on the other side of town. Jim Lewis frequents. He worked there when he was a kid. But now he works at Stephen F. Austin K-12 School, which has a uh, an absurdly large football stadium. If you're going to be proud of one thing when you're in Texas, it's the football. <laughs> Lastly, there's Tommy Joe's General Store, which has everything a body might need from a grocery store to a convenience store to a post office, and it's right next door to the sheriff's, owned by Mr. Jake Brown. I'll be playing Jim Lewis, who is perspective. He's a math teacher, works at Stephen K F. Austin K-12. through He's afraid that elements from the swamp will overwhelm the town. Ruby, who works at the Rogue, is Jim's ex-girlfriend from high school. That's probably going to make for some awkward conversations a little later on. <laughs> and uh, Willie May was effectively an older protective sister for Jim. Sharon, will you tell us a little bit about Ruby? So Ruby Bataille is the bartender at the Rogue. Um, as you said, she is Jim's ex-girlfriend from back in the day. She is very invested in her job. She likes her community of patrons. She doesn't really want anything to change about the place that she's at, except maybe the management. She is worried about the speculators that have been sniffing around because she doesn't want them to build all of these shiny new attractions that are gonna like detract from the numbers that they're getting at the Rogue. Um, and she is Jake's half-sister. Great. Gary, tell us about Willie Mae Hooks. Uh, sure, Willie Mae Hooks is the lead custodian at the boardwalk um she's worked there ever since it you know was first started up which was not terribly long ago uh beforehand she worked a series of odd jobs at some of the other establishments um but really feels like she can come into her own at the boardwalk um can provide for her adopted children um but it also gives her a look into how delivery as evolving and shaping as as you know a town um, after working at the boardwalk, she likes to go to their shark pit where she hustles all types of folks out of their money, uh, usually to pay for groceries and other things because the boardwalk doesn't pay her shit. 
you know, she is constantly laboring in some form or fashion, um, and for her, laboring is a way for her to mediate the farragos of racial injustice as well as um, gender injustice and nonconformity. Great. Kiefer. Cool. I am playing Jake Brown, aka Jacob Bernstein. Uh, he's a you know, he runs the local general store and also is super secretly both a gay man and the son of immigrant Jews who is trying to figure out what it's like to live in the South. He's also trying to deal with how it feels to be lying about both of those things while simultaneously trying to be a real part of the community and get something out of the fact that, you know, he's made smart investments and he wants to, like, see them prosper. And yeah, he's bonded with Ruli May, who used to work for him and who he confided in. And Gary, I added this, but how do you, is this too much to have it be that like she he gave her like one of her first jobs when it was still a legally segregated city, since they're both older, and so they because like I feel like they both have the consciousness of before and after segregation. Um. Yeah. No. That's cool. That totally. It totally works. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It. To me, it feels like it gives a reason for him to feel like he was closer to her, and also a reason for her to be like, "No, fuck you. You were just a boss who was taking advantage of me because I was my labor was like necessarily cheaper." <laughs> yeah. No. That's perfect. That's 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 perfect. And that's just what would have happened too. So. Yeah. Right. And maybe. Yeah. Okay. So that's Jake. He thinks he's great. And he has a lot of issues, but he's actually kind of a scumbag. <laughs> All right. That's great. So next time, next episode, we will be taking these characters and dive into the community of the livery. And we hope you'll you'll join us then. I'm super excited. Done. That's a podcast. Yes. Cool. Thank you, everybody, so much. This was great. This was really, really cool. Well, thank you. I'm like so happy with what we came up with. It's very cool. I'm uh-huh right. yeah, this is <laughs> this is why I like fucking role playing games so much because the things that you come up with are so much better than like a single oh, person yeah. would, have, would have done on their yeah, own. i'm lo- I'm loving the vibe of this. like I must say I'm way more invested in this world than like most like high fantasy or you know super like fictional, you know I'm, uh, because I can see this, right? Yeah. I can see our characters like living and breathing and interacting and just doing their thing in the setting. And, you know, it's, yeah, I'm looking forward to all the sessions with y'all. germs this is burt whiteley on am 650 kdl delivery welcome back to the gators grotto 
It's been a good night for Stephen F. Austin K-12 as tight end Jeremy Phelps intercepted a pass from Hazel and managed to run it all the way to the end zone. What a play. The future's bright for that kid. I wouldn't be surprised if he made quarterback next year. Last night, the Prophets of Delivery threw another barnstormer down at the Rogue. If you haven't been down that way in a while, why check them out. You'd have to go to Louisiana to find any better Zydeco. That's all for me, folks. I'll be back in an hour with another Gators Grotto. Now I've got some of that new music from across the pond that's got all you youngins moving and shaking your hips to the consternation of your folks. It's the Beatles, Can't Buy Me Love. <laughs> 